you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, October 12th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, finished fifth in the Heisman voting, drafted 100th in the NFL draft. Take a minute. Take a second. Because if you're scoring at home, that does not compute. But when you are a generation ahead of your time, your dual threat skill set is seen as a curiosity. Of course, today it's coveted, but challenging to narrow minds and thinner playbooks back when he entered the league. Today's guest didn't have time to wait for the league to change, so he did the changing. And he remains ahead of his time. Lucky for him, off the field, he will not wait any longer for you to catch up to the truth. So stay alert, listen close, and welcome back to the pod, the real Mike Rob. What's going down, man? Always glad to be here. So glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, a preview of what for me is destined to be the game of the week, Michael Robinson's Seahawks against the there's life in them yet. Cincinnati Bengals will also get a scouting report very quickly on the Eagles and Jets game. I can't figure out if this game is a mismatch or not. Jalen Hurts has won 11 straight road games. That's the third longest streak in the NFL since 1970. Will he make it 12? That's the question for Mike Rob, and that's coming up. But first, this. There's the knee, and there's the game. It was an annihilation. It was an abomination. And it was a big surprise. 42 to 10. So there's your final score in every way imaginable, Tim. I mean, this was an absolute rout. Okay, we saw what happened on Sunday night, Michael Robinson. This wasn't a matchup. This was a mismatch. What was it, 42 to 10 in the end? I thought the gap could have been bigger in the end. This seemed like a modern team playing against a medieval team. (laughs) This seemed like pace versus lack of passion. This was just a mismatch from start to finish. My question is this. Going into that game, Michael, the overall record in this once proud rivalry, once fierce rivalry, was 19, 19, and 1. Now, the Niners, of course, your Niners, the team that drafted you, had taken the last two games from this series, both in the playoffs, of course, very disappointing losses for the Cowboys, very important wins for the Niners. And then, of course, we saw that drubbing on Sunday night in Santa Clara. When the gap between two teams is so noticeable, Mm -hmm. can we still call it a rivalry? Yeah, you can still call it a rivalry. I mean, uh, and this may be me because I live on the East Coast. I'm I'm from Virginia. I'm in the middle of NFC East country, right? The commanders are right up the street. There's more Eagles fans there. uh, But you see Dallas Cowboy fans everywhere. And our game is, is driven by the fans. And so as long as the Cowboys... Um, are relevant in a fan base, yes, the the rivalry is still going to be there. And when I was growing up in the early 90s, this was the matchup. 
We go outside, and you know, during Thanksgiving, you see Cowboys and not and, and the Niners without play, or during without during the Christmas doubt. break or whatever. You see them play, and then you go outside and you say, "I'm Jerry Rice. I'm this. I'm that." You know what I mean? And there's people that are my age now in positions of power that are, you know, deciding what games go where. What I just think there's just so much tradition there. There's so much history there. Yeah, the last three matchups have been. <laughs> overwhelmingly uh, the 49ers going the 49ers way. But as long as the fan bases are so big, I mean, even the 49ers, I mean, up and down the West Coast, there's Niners fans everywhere, right? As long as the fan bases are so big, it, it must remain a rivalry. There isn't a lot of respect at the current juncture this as we sit here on Thursday morning not a lot of respect being thrown around we saw yesterday something very interesting I mean kind of a smile was brought to my face and I think yours too Michael we saw George Kittle post on his Instagram page an F the Cowboys t-shirt it was kind of a, 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 a birthday present to himself I think yeah. that was that was on his birthday happy birthday George Kittle you respectful young man <laughs> and then the uh, the salvo that came from Micah Parsons when he was told about that came on Micah Parsons podcast and he said look Laugh now, hurt later. A good response. Not sure I buy it. And then, of course, Debo Samuel had the last word on this from the 49ers when he said something along the lines of, hurt later look it's going to be worse for you later mm. so i like i like the back and forth yeah. i i love this i think that when <laughs> players engage like this in mostly good natured you know kind of rivalry talk i kind of love it and yet when good contests don't accompany that it's kind of hard to believe it's kind of hard to take and yet maybe george kittle wearing the t-shirt after having won the game tells you that Maybe he is more worried about the Cowboys then than he's willing to admit. It shows you it means something to him. Like, the, the 49ers are undefeated. They've beat the hell out of everybody they've played yes, they this have. year. Not just on the score-wise. I mean, literally, body blows to the teams that they're playing. Literally beating them up. <laughs> That's true. Okay? And he decided to wear that shirt against the Cowboys. Goes back to our rivalry piece, right? Like, George Kittle's letting you know how big the rivalry is. He wouldn't have did it if it was somebody else. He's keeping it alive. He's keeping it alive. And man. to your assertion, Jerry Jones really is the one who's probably <laughs> most to be credited most for keeping this alive. Why? Because he, better than any other owner, maybe in professional sports history, has been able to keep his team relevant whether they're winning or not. Whether they're winning or not. When's the last championship? 96? 27 years. Yeah. They haven't won one in 20 Seven years, like that gap can go get a drink right now because they're over 21 and nobody even says it. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> that's why I, I just said realized it. what he said. Yeah. That's, that was too clever for me. Oh man, that's, that's good. Why I said that's it. good. I that like, gap can get go it. get a drink right now. I Write mean, that for one real down. Though, man, like yeah, it's bro. been that long on, yet, seriously. yet, say something negative about the Dallas Cowboys on your social media. It's going to be thousands of people at you. To me, it just shows why this thing should always be a rivalry. Okay. Um, do the Cowboys have a responsibility, though, in this conversation to be better, to play better, to make dominance and fear of facing them one of the metrics of the rivalry? Don't they need to perform better, yes, against the San Francisco 49ers in games that matter, but also, let's say they have an opportunity this week. They probably stayed on the West Coast, right? Yeah. They played in Santa Clara on Sunday night. They play across the street at SoFi against the Bolts uh, on this, this week. So what do you need to see from them to 
at least give them a little bit more of a strut when they're trying to strut like Micah did in the face of George Kittle's disrespect. What do we need to see from them to take them seriously when we talk about things like this? Rivalries against, yes, the current best team in the NFL. Well, stay with me here. Yeah. The nice thing about Michael Robinson, guys, is that he doesn't he doesn't tell us what to think, but he helps us figure out how to think about things. And that's why I love having you in the chair is that you're not telling me what to think. You're you're you honor the man that I am and you want me to have my own opinions. But, man, you certainly helped me get there because you helped me figure out how to think. How should I see this? You should see it like this. I told Micah. This past offseason, we were up at Penn State together. We just happened to be there. Yeah, you know. Middle of State College Avenue, right? Mm. There got to be 200 people around us. And he's like, Mike Rob, I'm winning the championship this year. I could be honest. I, yeah, nobody. It, I'm good. And I'm like, Micah, you play for the Dallas Cowboys. You do know that, right? 27 years, bro. They haven't won one. He said, Micah's different. I said, well, this is what you do. Make sure drama stays out of your locker room. Responding to George Kittle was helping create the drama. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Trent Williams, all those guys, and all the guys Fred one, all those guys on defense, they have earned the right to say whatever they want to say about you guys. See, Micah has been in hand-to-hand, face-to-face combat. He understands the rules to this thing. We're gladiators. And when they kick your ass three times yes. to the point where your offense is a shell of itself. Every single time we've seen them against the Niners. Your defense, great against other teams. You get in this heavyweight fight and you just allow multiple touchdowns. You get punched in the face. I want to see out of the Dallas Cowboys this week, the hell with all the passing yards and all that, win the game. But how you do it matters to me. I need to see a physical bunch of dudes that are going to hit anything moving. Because if I'm looking, if I'm a team in the NFC and I'm trying to position myself to where I have the best opportunity at the end of the year, and I'm looking at the top teams, San Francisco, Philly, they own the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They play a brand of football. They got hundreds of rushers to get after your quarterback. (laughs) Hundreds, right? (laughs) It's true. One after another. One after another. another. They just cycle them in. All the Georgia plays for Philly right now. Exactly. Every bulldog. The offensive lines dominate. Yes. Dominate. Kyle Shanahan puts defenses in a blender. Jalen Hurts' legs put defenses in a blender. So you got to say, okay, those are the top. I got to have a ground. I got to have a a physical element about me. Forget talking about Dak. You rushed for only uh, 60-some yards last game. Forget Dak. Your team has to be better. There has to be a, a physical brand about you, which when you're playing New York Giants, that's void of talent, it's easy to be a physical, be more physical than them. But when you're in a heavyweight fight where everybody, you got, everybody's wearing their minks to come to the, to, to, to the show to see it all. This is a big deal. This is a, whole, this is a step up than what you're used to playing. You got to bring a punch. I haven't seen the Cowboys in these, these bigger games bring any punch. And that's the problem. They're looking to be finesse and marketable as the owner has allowed them to be. That's why they're the most valuable franchise in all the sports. But physicality is the reality of things. Physicality gets you to wins. Is it possible that Khalil Mack can do to Dak what he just did to the Raiders? Six sacks 
last time out. Are they prepared to do to Dak what they just did to Vegas and in doing so ruin any hopes that you are putting out for the Cowboys? Khalil Mack is a game wrecker. Yes, he is. And, and we kind of forgot that for Bosa's a little while, didn't we? Too. Yeah, and Joy Bosa's on the other side, too. I exactly. You Somebody who's these... actually <laughs> probably his better yeah, at, the current, at this current moment. Yes. No disrespect to Khalil and his but extraordinary career, but he's kind of the Alex Highsmith to T.J. Watt. Absolutely. And so if I know Khalil Mack just had a game like that, I just know we had a game talking about the Dallas Cowboys yes, sir. like we did last week where we got punched in the face. I am not giving Khalil Mack a chance to rush the passer that many times to get six sacks. He's going to deal with double teams. He's going to deal with a tight end. He's going to deal with a tight end attack. He's going to deal with a tackle in the back. He's going to deal with a, 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 a tackle, tight end, tight end. He's going to deal with a lot of different guys blocking him in a lot of different ways. Okay, so if that's the case, they bring that extra body in what? To protect against that happening to Dak. But in doing so, you've taken one weapon away. And now what has been called a cookie-cutter offense is potentially set up to look even more pedestrian against a team that has on the other side of the ball, oh, right, Kellen Moore, the guy oh, yeah. that you said you didn't need anymore, and he is making that Chargers offense look rather dynamic as much as the head coach and the defense conspire to lose games. <laughs> that offense looks pretty damn good. This probably feels to Mike McCarthy and to Dak Prescott like a game. This probably feels like a must-win game, even more so than last week. I believe it is, because I, I honestly think Dak is going to, before the game, go over to Kelly and say, hey, bro, you got 10 plays for us? You got 10 motions we could use? We're still using your nomenclature. We're still using your, your verbiage. Is this something that you could, you know what I mean? Hook me up a little bit. Well, because the reason why I say that is because for Mike McCarthy to be an offensive head coach, he's an offensive guy. If you didn't like the offense last year, you mean to tell me you, stayed, you, you sat in that building? You allow Kellen to implement yes, an offense and yes. you shut your mouth the whole time? Yes. To no, me, no, that's no. That, come on, man. Not good enough. That's not good not enough. Not good enough. Man. You're the head man. You're the head dude. If it's something you have off, the you final fix it. say, you don't like what he's saying, fix it. You go on top of it. And to me, that's just a cop out. So, yeah, I believe Kellen's going to try to show some stuff you off. You know he is. And I believe that if I'm Mike McCarthy, don't get involved in that how this offense looks versus last year. Don't get into that. Win the game. Do it the right way. When I said bringing the extra bodies for Khalil Mack, I wasn't talking about just to protect Dak. I was talking about running the football. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so the nuance to this take is not merely to keep Dak upright. In fact, let's not worry so much about Dak, which you said with ferocity a moment ago, punch, learn how to throw a bigger punch because yes. you're facing a heavyweight with a heavy punch just about every week in the NFL. None greater than what you saw in week five, certainly Sunday night. But if you want to be the top, that was a TKO round three. Um, what do you see as the tail of the tape in this one? Can't, do they get the win across the street at SoFi? Or is it another uh, decision that doesn't go their way after 15 rounds? I'm going to say they get the win there you based go. off of a decision that Brandon Staley is going to mess up. Ooh, look at that. My mistakes are not as bad as your mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Ergo, we may leave this West Coast road trip one and one. <laughs>
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Michael Robinson. And the last topic today is Game of the Week. I'm calling it the Game of the Week. It may not be, but it really strikes me as fascinating. And I'm so glad that a former Seahawk is in the chair to talk about it. Seahawks, Bengals. Bengals needed a win. Boy, did they need a win. They got a win, and they looked pretty damn good getting that win. Seahawks had a week off. Pete Carroll, notoriously good. You know this better than anyone. After a week to prepare. Seahawks go into Cincy. It's not like for like. It's two very different teams. How do you see this one play out? I Forget about the stats. What's the story? The story is Joe Burrow's calf. I believe we, we would have been talking in more. We would have been talking more glowingly about the Cincinnati Bengals if the kid wasn't hurt. Literally to see him move around just a little bit last week was the difference. I mean, his offensive line has never been the greatest offensive line in the world. He was always a guy that had to buy some time, had to elude a rusher to get the explosive pass downfield. With his calf messed up, more specifically, the plant leg calf, right, where you push off, where you generate your power to throw the football, it was affecting him. Right? You can't be in this league and all the pass all the defense and pass rushers know exactly where you're gonna be every single play. He was in shotgun more than anybody in the National Football League, and they didn't move the pocket for him because he could not move. The calf was the issue. Last week, you saw him a little bit more healthy. I didn't believe him when he said he was a little bit more healthy, but apparently he was. But then he saw this. He's going to fling it deep downfield for Jamar Chase. On, Jamar. He catches it oh, at the 10 baby. and takes it into the end zone. Oh. Touchdown, Bengals, 63 yards. The magic is back. Mike, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to play that, that bomb to Jamar Chase. He looked effortless. And I think that because he looked effortless on that pass, and we've seen that pass from him many times in years prior, but to your point, the calf, he didn't look like that until that moment so far this season. And that was, I mean, I know Zach Taylor had to be on the sideline like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you. Now right. my exes and O's my, can come my to guy life is now. Back. Yeah, we're good, right? And you have to love that. You got to love the demeanor with Joe Burrow, all of that. But to me, I'm looking at this matchup. Obviously, you got Geno Smith on the other side. He's efficient. Very Doesn't efficient. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Kenneth Walker not. looks the part. And he's got a second guy in that backfield Zach now, Charbonnet. too. Zach Charbonnet. He, he's coming along. Um, you heard uh, Charles Cross, the starting left tackle. He's back on the field practicing now. So they should and be. And you've got Tyler and DK, and that is always effective. And that's always dangerous. Oh, yes, with JSN <laughs> in the slot. Uh, First-round draft pick. So you've got a lot of options there. Very interesting matchup. Oh, and let's not forget about that uh, Seahawks secondary, which I think is fascinating. So that's why I was Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon and is the that slot. the best quarterback cornerback tandem in the NFL right now? Not not on rep, not on resume, not on what they've accomplished and and pelts on the wall. But if you were to choose a cornerback tandem that's in the hard. NFL right now, it'd be hard not to choose. It'd that. be hard not to choose. I think maybe that's the guys where in I'm San going. Fran balling well. The yeah, guys in right, Philly doing well. Right, I mean, right. there's there's some tandems. So maybe out with here. pedigree, <laughs> maybe they're the third or fourth choice on the playground. But they're getting picked on the playground. And Witherspoon is a master of the slot. I believe, and I talked to Pete Carroll yes, about this. You told us this the other day. It was fascinating <laughs> what you broke down there. I believe a natural slot defender. Natural slot defender. Talking to Pete Carroll this past offseason, you know I do their preseason games. So I, I was around the team a lot. And Pete was like, Mike, he's natural. He comes with all the smoke. 
And I'm like, Pete, what you mean, man? What you mean? He comes with all the, he's like, Mike, usually corners play on the outside. They're used to having that sideline, right, as a defender. So you know, okay, if I'm playing inside leverage, I can force them to the sideline. I have an extra defender. I'm good with being in this space. I rarely have to blitz. I know when I have to tackle based off the coverage call, right? Well, it, as the nickel in the slot, you got to worry about that every single play, everything. You, a two-way go from a receiver in the slot. See, when you're on the outside, if his split is wide, he's going to come inside. You know that. If his split is, is tight, he's going to go outside. You know that. You, he's not going to line up and go inside. So, But in the slot, it's just harder. You got you to tackle. You might be in blitz calls. You're, going, you're in run fits. You may be a play action. You may have to act like you, you have to go, uh, you know, get up to tackle. And then all of a sudden, oh, snap, it's a pass. Now I got to turn. My back's to the quarterback. I got to locate crossers and things. There's just a lot. P said, this dude embraced it. He had natural eyes for everything. And we saw against the New York Giants a few weeks ago, he's aggressive and he's a willing tackler. P said, Mike, he will tackle a blocking slate if you ask him to. Mm. I said, and, and he's just 200 pounds? Yeah. He said, Mike, he's tough as nails. They don't make him like this. So I think he's going to be the first guy to, like, come in the league as a slot, was drafted just to be the slot, and is going to be used as a slot weapon, kind of like what teams do offensively, use like a Wes Welker type as a slot weapon. I believe Devin Witherspoon is that guy. Michael Robinson finished the sentence. I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks-Bengals game finished like what? Cincinnati down by four. 59 seconds left. They got to go 89 yards. Oh, I love this. Joe Burrow gets across the 50 with 30 seconds left. And then we'll see there. what happens next. I'll leave it there. Oh, I love this. Uh, you mentioned Devin Witherspoon, so able, so versatile, and would be willing to uh, block a tackling sled if you asked him to. Very quickly before you go, we've got 30 seconds. I'm out of time. Let's talk about a guy who broke famously broke uh, a blocking sled earlier this offseason, Jalen Carter. When you look at the Eagles and Jets game, I believe it's at mm -hmm. MetLife Stadium, Jalen Hurts has won 11 straight road games. On paper, this looks like the Eagles should win it. And yet, when you have a defense as good as the Jets have, you're never out of any game, even against the presumed best or second best team in the NFC. How do you see this one playing out? I believe it'll be close. You do. But the better roster will eventually. Better roster will eventually win the game, and that has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they're just too deep. Offensive lines, defensive lines. Again, think of it like this. Your offensive line is the engine of your car. Okay. Your secondary is the battery. Yes. You can't win without either one. And so Jets only have one of those they two. They only have one of the two. <laughs> just like that translation like eagles that. jets that's the best that's the that's the best assessment of any game i've heard yet this year uh jets you're going to be in it to the end you're not going to win it in the end you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
I want to thank today's special guest, Michael Robinson. Thank you for going back-to-back -back days with us. We so appreciate thank you, sir. Thank you, brother, always. And I want to invite the listener to join us on Friday when we have Friday answers to Sunday questions and Friday answers to Monday questions. Those questions, who wins in week six? How do they do it? What's the score? And what favorites are we putting on upset alert? Sound the alarm. Join us on Friday. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.